Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 182, we're going to be talking about how to reduce your bounce rate. First, we'll deal with what exactly bounce rate is, how it's calculated, and why you want it to be as low as possible. You know, it's that percentage that you see in Google Analytics. Have you paid attention to it? Well, you should because it gives you an idea of how your blog visitors are engaging with your content or if they're engaging at all. Are they just visiting one page and saying, what in the world was that? I'm gone. (laughs) Or are they sticking around checking out more of your stuff? Well, we'll get into all of that and talk about ways that you can get your blog readers to stay engaged, browse, and get that bounce rate as low as possible. So that's what we're going to be talking about today yes good stuff i you know this whole bounce rate concept um i've had a number of people ask me just what that bounce rate is they look in google um, analytics and they're not exactly sure what it is so i want to deal with that and what do you do when you see that your bounce rate is a little higher than you would want it to be and that's something that i've been dealing with with one of my sites and i'll talk a little bit about that but before i get into that i want to let you know as usual that this podcast episode is brought to you by get response the email marketing service that i'm using uh, in my blogging business and i highly recommend for building your email list which in my opinion, and you've, you, if you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say this, I, I believe it's your most valuable asset when it comes to your online business. Now, um, you, you know, here's one thing that I like about GetResponse. You know, you can send an email out with, uh, with any email marketing service. But then sometimes, this happened to me a few times in the past with some of the other ones that I was using, I'd have someone email me and tell me, you know, I'm watching this on my phone and it doesn't look that good. Um, it's hard for me to see it. And they're not necessarily complaining, but they just want, me, want to let me know because they're enjoying the content, but they wish they could read it um, in a way that it's much easier to consume. Or maybe they're looking at it in one browser and it looks way different. One of the things I like about GetResponse is that they have this feature where, you know, you create your email and then you can just click one button and you can preview what that email is going to look like on every browser, in every email client, on different types of devices and all that kind of stuff. So you can actually see beforehand what it's going to look like to the people that you're sending it to. Very cool feature. Preview your email in every browser. And if you're interested in signing up for GetResponse, you can use my affiliate link at becomeablogger.com slash GetResponse. And a special offer for those of you that have, let's say you have an email list that has over a thousand subscribers and you want to transfer, but that transfer process, maybe it seems a bit scary (laughs) and, and you want someone to do it for you. 
If that's the case, send an email to transfer at becomeablogger.com and we'll take care of the entire transfer for you free of charge. Of course, as long as you use the, um, the affiliate link becomeablogger.com slash get response. All right, so that's that. Let's get into the content because this bounce rate concept, um, I want to make sure that you understand what it is, but not just understand what it is, understand how you can um, look at that information and actually use it to make decisions about how to make your site better, number one. And then number two, just different things that you can do to make sure that bounce rate is as low as possible. So first, what is bounce rate? Your bounce rate is basically the percentage of people that leave your site after visiting only one page. So they come to your site, um, uh, they come to one page, and instead of kind of clicking around and going to other pages, they leave immediately after watching that one page. So if, for example, let's say you have 100 people that are visiting your site, and of those 100 people, 30 people only visit one page and then they leave, then your bounce rate is going to be 30%. All right, so the higher that number is, what that basically means, a higher percentage of people are just visiting one page and then not browsing around. They're just visiting that page and then they're gone. Um, If I look at the bounce rate for Become a Blogger, my bounce rate right now is at 32.29%, which is pretty low. The average bounce rate is uh, approximately 50% from what I've seen in a number of different sources. It ranges, of course, anywhere between 20-something and 70-something. I don't remember the exact details, but I know that the average is right around 50%. It's actually closer to 49.7% something. So if your bounce rate is much higher than that, you're above that. If, if it's higher than that, you're above the average. If it's lower than that, you're below the average. Now, what you want, of course, is you want people coming to your site and kind of looking around, checking out your different pages, maybe subscribing to your email newsletter, maybe purchasing a product or two or five or a hundred. <laughs> um, so you want that bounce rate to be as low as possible. Now, if I look at my interactive biology blog, which, um, as you may know, I have a, a, a larger blog that's called Interactive Biology, where I teach biology, where my mission is to make biology fun. And you can find that at interactive-biology.com. Um, the bounce rate on that site is actually 79.10%. Now, that's not unheard of. Um, it's not a re- ridiculously high, but it is pretty high. It's definitely much higher than I would like, especially considering the fact that the average bounce rate is 50%. Now, if you just think about the content um, on, on, on the site, well, you know, I'll talk about that a little later. But basically, I don't really like that. And I want to fix that. I would like for my bounce rate to be significantly lower. So the question is, how do you go about fixing that situation? Well, we know what bounce rate is. We spoke about it. We spoke about the fact that it's the percentage of people that are just visiting that one page and then they're leaving. But what does that really mean? Yeah, okay, we know the definition, but what does it mean? Well, number one, it could it could mean that People just aren't finding what they want. They come to your site. They see, maybe they do a Google search. They do a Google search for what is a neuron or something of that sort. And they find my blog, my interactive biology blog. They come to that page where I'm supposed to be telling them what a neuron is, 
but maybe I'm I'm not doing a good job at telling it to them. Maybe maybe it's not exactly what they were looking for. So they are lo- so so they are leaving. Okay? So they are not finding what they want. That's number 1. Number 2, and this one isn't as bad. They found what they want and they found what they needed, but then they leave. That's that's just a natural part of of what's going on online. How many times do you Go to Google, you do a search for how to do something, you find the answer, and then you move on. Um, so that's option number two. Number one, they're just not finding what they want, and then they're leaving. Number two, they found what they wanted, and now they're gone. That's all they needed. And number three, there isn't a compelling reason for them to browse. All right? When someone comes to my site, I want them to browse. I want them to look around. I want them to get familiar with my content. I want them to, to, to find value in the content so much so that maybe they subscribe or maybe they sign up for something that I have to offer. They come to become a blogger, for example. Maybe they subscribe to my email list. And ultimately, maybe they, they um, register for one of the products I recommend as an affiliate. Or maybe they sign up for the Become a Blogger University once that's relaunched. So so you want them to kind of browse around and you need to give them a compelling reason. And if you're not giving them a compelling reason to browse, then they're going to be more likely to leave. So those are the three things, really. Either they're not finding what they want, so they leave, or maybe they found what they want and they still leave because they got what they needed already. And number three, you're not giving them or I'm not giving them a compelling reason to kind of browse around, okay? So why do you want that number to be as low as possible? The answer should be, you know, self-explanatory. But let's talk about that a little bit. You want them to stick around um, because if they stick around, they're more likely to engage, right? They're more likely to engage with your content. Um, They're more likely to take some type of action. And as I mentioned, that might be opting in. And when they opt in, they can go into your autoresponder sequence and you can nurture a relationship with them. And then, of course, the more they interact with your content, the more they engage with you, the more they come to know, like, and trust you, they're going to be more likely to purchase. Now, What do you do if you find yourself in a situation like I find myself in right now with my interactive biology blog? If your bounce rate is high, let's say it's ridiculously high. And for me, you know, I'm going to say that 79%, what was that number? 79.10%. It is ridiculously high. It's much higher than I want it to be. So if you find yourself in that situation, I want you to do this. This is what I've, I just did um, recently because I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I want you to do an analysis. I want you to go into Google Analytics, and this is exactly what I want you to do. I want you to analyze the bounce rate of your pages because this can be very instructive, and it was very instructive for me, and I'll tell you how. Okay, so when you go into Google Analytics, what you're going to do, of course, you're going to see if Google Analytics is something that's strange to you, (laughs) you know, it's a bunch of numbers and you're like, what in the world? I'm going to tell you exactly where to go. In the left column where you have all the navigations for your, um, to get to the different reports, I want you to go to behavior and then site content. And I want you to look at all pages. So you're going to go to behavior then site content. You might want to take some notes on this. Um, 
and then all pages. And once you're there, what you're going to see is you're going to see a list of all of the pages on your site, um, at least the pages that are indexed in Google, and some information about it. You're going to see how many times it was visited in the last 30 days. You're going to see um, the average time spent on the page and all that stuff. What you, what you want to do is what I did. Um, I went and I sorted it by bounce rate. If you click on bounce rate, it's going to sort it, showing you the highest bounce rates at the top and the lowest bounce rates at the bottom. And then you can kind of look through and see what pages have a high bounce rate. And that's exactly what I did. So when I did that, so once again, I went to behavior and then site content, and then I went to all pages and I sorted by bounce rate. And you can do that by just clicking on bounce rate. Um, I know I'm getting into a lot of technical stuff, but I hope you're following me on this. If you have questions, of course, you can come back to the show notes, becomeablogger.com slash episode 182. And if you have questions, you can ask them there. But what I did is I saw that there were a number of pages that had ridiculously high bounce rates. I'm talking bounce rates of 100%. When I saw that, I was like, what in the world? I don't like this. Let me go to those pages to see if there's anything that kind of stands out. The first two that I went to that had high bounce rates and they had a number of people, a lot of people visiting them. It was supposed to be a video of a particular topic. And when I went to that page, what I saw was that there was no video. It literally said video and then it had the topic, but the video was non-existent. And what I realized then was that when I transferred to a new WordPress theme, it didn't take over the embed code for the YouTube video that I had. So I need to go in and add that video back. And the first two that I looked at, that was the problem. So of course, if people come and they see, okay, this is a video on a specific topic, but then they don't see a video, what are they going to do? They're going to be like, forget this guy. This guy doesn't deliver on what he promises. He says it's a video, but it's not a video. Most likely he just tries to, he's just trying to get me um, to the site. I'm gone. All right. So by doing this quick analysis, um, and this is just the first thing I want to talk about. And then we're going to go into some other practical steps that you can do to reduce your bounce rate. But the first thing you want to do is you want to check to see if there are any significant problems. And that might vary from site to site, or maybe you might not have any significant problems. But this is one way that you can just kind of do a, a quick browse and see if there's anything that kind of jumps out at you. All right. So that's number one. Do an analysis. Okay. Now, how do you counteract this whole, um, okay, so, so we start, spoke about, you know, this is the situation. We look in Google Analytics to see what we have or if there are any obvious problems. Now, how do you counteract this whole, you know, I have higher bounce rate than I want to do it? Here are the, the main things, the big ideas. Number one, of course, give people what they want. If they're looking for something, give it to them. If they find it, they're going to be more likely to look around. All right. That's number one. And number two, you want to be guiding them to other pages to get more of what they want. And you want to make that as easy as possible. You want to make it as easy as possible for someone to get from page one to page two to page 15 to page 28, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
All right, so those are the big ideas. Number one, give them what they want and make it easy for them to get from one page to the next. But we got to get much more specific than that. So now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We've done the analysis. We've checked to see if there are any big problems, any things that just kind of jump out of us, jump out at us when we look in Google Analytics. Um, we have an idea of what we want to do. We want to give them what they want and we want to get them to other pages. So let's deal with specifics. Number one, I want to re-emphasize what I just said. Number one, you want to, and this kind of takes it a little further, you need to know exactly what your audience wants. All right, you need to know exactly what your audience wants. And this comes from a number of things. Number one, if you're intimately involved with your niche, you're going to have an idea of what people want. You're going to have an idea of what people are struggling with. But you can also survey your audience to find out what they want. And what, once you know what they want, you know what you're going to do? You're going to give it to them. You're going to create that content. You're going to answer those questions. You're going to deal with those struggles. You're going to deal with the problems that they have and show them how to get through that. Okay, so number one, most important concept is you need to know who your audience is. You need to know what they want and you need to give it to them. All right. That's number one. Number two, if you find your bounce rate is higher than you would like um, or one of the ways to get a lower bounce rate, let's put it that way, is to create more high value content. I've looked at some studies where um, uh, people just really focused on improving the quality of their writing. And by just doing that, they experience a significant reduction in bounce rate. So create more high value content. If you're creating videos and the videos aren't engaging, in engaging, make them more engaging. If you're writing articles and you think that your writing skills are not as good as you would like them to be, improve your writing skills. Practice, practice, practice and make it better. All right. The higher the value of your content, the more likely people will be to browse around. Another thing you can do in that, that second tip is tell stories. Stories really are something that people can identify with. So it's not just you're giving them a list of facts. No, make it into a story or tell a story from your experience and have the facts in there. They say facts tell, stories sell because people identify with stories so much. That's going to do a great job at helping people to really identify with your content and making them more likely to browse. It makes sense. All right, so that's number two. Number three, what I want you to do or make sure that you are doing, stay on topic. I mean, if you're blogging, if you have a blog about learning biology, you shouldn't be teaching English because you know what? People that come to a biology blog, they're coming there to learn biology. They're not coming there to learn English. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I can't talk about anything else um, outside of biology. Um, but the things that I talk about, I'm going to relate it back to biology. So even if I'm talking about my family, it's not just going to be me talking about my family because we took a nice vacation. Or maybe, you know, once in a blue moon, I might do that. But it, overall, you want to deliver on the expectations that you set 
when someone comes to your blog. If your blog is about biology, stay on the topic of biology. Don't go off into a different direction because that's not what they're there for. And if they're not getting what they're there for, they're going to leave. All right, so that's tip number three. Number one, know what your audience wants. Give it to them. Number two, create more high-value content. Number three, stay on topic so that you can deliver on the expectations that you set for the people that come to your blog. Number four, and this is important not just for getting people to other pages, but it also does have some um, SEO benefits, some search engine optimization benefits, making it more likely that Google is going to index more pages on your blog. And that is this, link between your posts consistently. All right, link between your posts consistently. And I'm talking about deep linking here. So if you're reading an article on my blog and it's an introduction to the nervous system and I talk about neurons in that post and I have a, another post that's going into more detail about neurons, when I talk about neurons, I can link to that other post. All right, so that people can go from this first post to the next post if they want to find out more about neurons. And I, if I talk about the fact that neurons are cells, and I know that I have great content, a nice article on what is a cell, if I say neurons are cells, I, that's another place that I can link to another article. And the more I'm linking in between these articles, I'm setting up new pathways for people to get from one article or one piece of content to another piece of content. All right, so link between your posts consistently. On my biology blog, um, well, on, on both of my blogs, I try not to ever post something without linking to something else. And oftentimes, I'll be linking to multiple things in my blog um, from within one specific post. All right, so that's number four. Number five, and this is something that I did, I think I did very well with the biology blog. Not as much with um, uh, Become a Blogger, although I still do have um, some of this in Become a Blogger. Plan your content in a logical sequence. Now, this isn't a requirement. None of the things I'm talking about is a requirement, but it's a great way to get people to easily go from one to the next. All right. So when I am talking about the nervous system, I'm going to start with an introduction to the nervous system. And then I'm going to get into neurons. And then I'm going to get into how the, the, the structure of neurons. And then I'm going to get into the function of neurons. And then I'm going to get into um, the different parts of the neurons and how it does what it does. And because it's in a logical sequence, people are going to be more likely to go from the first to the second, to the third, to the fourth, because it's not just a bunch of random content. I deal with the nervous system fully, and then I move on to the muscular system, and then I move on to the cardiovascular system, and so on and so forth. And because I do it in that sequence, it's going to make more people more likely, when they finish watching this video, they want to go a little deeper, they go to the next video in the sequence. So that's a great way that you can um, uh, get people to kind of go on a journey through your content, which is exactly what you would want them to do. Number five. No, that was number five. <laughs> number six. Make your content easier to read. I can't 
tell you how annoying it is for the average person to come to your website, to come to your blog, and just have a ton of text on a page. Nothing breaking up the text, no images, no bullets, no um, really long paragraphs. People don't like to read that. It just takes much more work. At least it takes more mental energy <laughs> to get through that kind of content. So you can use headers to 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 ha- headings to 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 separate the different sections of your articles. You can use nice images that makes makes it visually appealing. You can use bulleted lists to 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 highlight different points. You can have shorter paragraphs because it makes that easier for someone to kind of browse through. And by having the headings, it makes it easy for someone to kind of glance through and see, okay, these are the main topics. All right, I'm going to read this content. So make whatever you can do to make your content easier to read, do that. So that's number 6. All right, let's go to number 7. Number seven, this is significant. They're all significant, and I start them all by saying that. (laughs) Um, But you want to make sure that you have clear navigation. In other words, you want to make it easy for people to find stuff. And if you go to your blog and you notice, man, it's difficult to get through the content or to get to the exactly what you want to get to, you might want to consider reorganizing it. This is actually one of the things that I struggled with a little bit with become a blogger because, you know, I feel like talking about a topic, so I put it there and then I add more content and I add more content and sometimes I found myself all over the place and I've had tell I've had people tell me that they have a hard time finding what they want on Become a Blogger. Even though it's there, the navigation didn't make it easy. So actually, that's something that I've addressed recently and I've restructured all of that to make it easier to find content on Become a Blogger. So go through your navigation and think, is this logical? Does it make sense? Am I making it easy for people to find the stuff? Now, with interactive biology, for example, if you look at my navigation, I highlight the main topics. So I have physiology and I have anatomy and I have high school biology. And if you click on physiology, you'll see a list of all the content, um, all of the titles of the content in physiology. And if you go to anatomy, you see the same thing. So the navigation is much easier People can get to what they want to get to easily um, because of how I've set that up. So you might want to consider just looking at your navigation and asking yourself, am I doing a good job at at making it easy for people to get to where they want to get to? And if not, and one thing you might want to do is just have someone like in your presence that's not familiar with your site, have them go to your site and try to find stuff that they want to find and watch them and see where they struggle, um, see if they have any questions, and then address those questions by restructuring your navigation, reorganizing your navigation to make it more helpful. All right, so that's number seven. Number eight, you come to some blogs and you see so many ads (laughs) that it's almost hard to find the content. What do ads do? Well, of course, ads make you money if you're getting good traffic, but ads are also driving people away from your site. And if the ads are more compelling than the content or overwhelming the content, then people are going to be more likely to click away on those ads. Yes, you might make a little more money, but it kind of disrupts the user experience. So if you 
notice you have a high bounce rate and you also have a ton of ads on your site, this is something you might want to revisit and maybe remove some of the ads and see if that helps. Okay, so that's number eight. Number nine, and this is the last point, but this last point has a number of different things you can do to make, make it better. So number nine is make sure your site loads quickly. Have you ever been to a site that takes so long to load? What do you do? Well, you're most likely going to leave because it's taking too much time. Unfortunately, we have gone, we have become extremely impatient when it comes to the internet. We want to click on something and we want it to open right now. Um, so, so you want to make sure that your site is loading quickly. Now, how do you do that? There's a number of things you can, number of things you can do. First thing, you want to kind of take stock of where you are, and you can do that by um, using a page speed tester um, to see how your site is doing. Is it how does it compare to others? Is it loading quickly? Is it not loading quickly? There's a site called Pingdom, and I'll leave a link to the show notes. You can go to Pingdom and. Um, and uh, use one of their tools to check your page speed. And it will tell you that this site is um, it's rated uh, an A or a B or whatever the case may be. And it will tell you it is faster than 78% of the sites on the internet that, has you, that have used the tool. Or it is slower than 90% of the sites. That gives you an idea of where you are and whether you have a problem with page speed. You want your site to load quickly because if it takes too long, people are going to leave. So that's number one. Do a test and see where you are. Number two, make sure you're using a good theme. If you do the page speed test and you see, man, this thing is just taking forever to load, one of the problems might be that you have a crappy theme. And crappy themes have a bunch of you know scripts that um, are running in the background and it takes it, it slows down the site. And you don't want that to be the case. So make sure you're using a WordPress theme from a reliable source. Uh, reliable source. Um, I like elegant themes. I like woo themes. Uh, I'll leave some links in the show notes. Um, there are a number of different themes that do a really good job. But there are a bunch of themes that do a terrible job. So just make sure you're using a good theme. Um, the third part to that is make sure your theme is responsive. Um, in 2014... You want to be using a responsive theme. There are so many of them out there that you might as well do that. And what that means is if you look at it on a, a smartphone or on a computer or on a tablet, it's going to look good on all of those devices. So it's going to kind of adjust based on the device that they're using. So if someone comes to your site and it's not optimized for mobile um, let's say they're on their phone and they come to your site and the words are really small because it's not optimized, um, they're going to be more likely to leave. So make sure your theme is responsive. Next one, reduce your number of plugins. If you have a ton of plugins on your blog, that's going to slow things down. Um, the recommended maximum that people that I've, I've heard a number of people say is 20. You don't want to have more than 20 WordPress plugins. Um, and of course, the fewer, the better. If you can have five WordPress plugins, you're going to be doing much better in terms of speed than someone that has even 20. All right. So reduce your number of plugins. The next one is don't include too many external scripts. What do I mean by that? Someone comes to your site, there's a Facebook like box. There's a video that you have embedded from YouTube. There's a, a, a call to some other script from some other site. Um, a lot of those elements uh, slow down your site. 
Um, so just make sure you're not doing a bunch of things coming from other websites on your site. Um, ads slow down your site. That's a part of it too. But, you know, it's a compromise that in many cases people are willing to make because at least it makes them money. So you need to evaluate that and make sure you're not using too many external scripts to where it's making your site load slowly. And lastly, my last tip under this making your site load quickly is use a caching plugin. Um, and a good one is a WP Total Cache. And what a caching plugin does is when someone comes to your site, it loads a lot of the elements and it saves them in their browser cache. It's kind of like their local storage so that when they come back to the site, they don't have to wait for all of those to load from on your server because they're right there stored kind of locally and in their internet browser. So it speeds up the loading of the site when someone comes back to your site. And that, of course, is going to make them more likely to stick around. So those are my nine specific tips for how you can lower your bounce rate. Number one, know exactly what your audience wants and then give it to them. Number two, create more high value content. Number three, stay on topic and deliver on expectations. Number four, link between your posts consistently. Number five, plan your content in a logical sequence. Number six, make your content easier to read. Number seven, have a clear navigation. And if you need to, reorganize it to make it more helpful. Number eight, reduce the number of ads. And number nine, make sure your site is loading quickly. So that's pretty much it. I hope that helps you. Let's reduce those bounce rates. If you have a problem with yours, like I do with my biology site, these are some practical tips that you can implement to reduce that and get people to stick around, get people to take action, get people to be there and interact and engage with your content. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, if you're enjoying this content, I hope you're enjoying this content. I hope you're getting value in it. I would appreciate it if you can hop on over to iTunes. Becomeablogger.com slash iTunes and leave an honest review. I love the five-star reviews <laughs> because that it really does help um, to get additional exposure in iTunes. And I, I, I see um, when I look in iTunes in the management and marketing or marketing and management category, I'm right there in the what's hot section. And that's because of the reviews that you guys have been leaving. So thank you so much for that. And if you want to create content, you want to start a blog so you can create content, inspire others, and change the world while building your online business, head on over to my free blogging course at freebloggingvideos.com. I will show you step-by-step step how to do it. So that's freebloggingvideos.com. That's pretty much it for this episode. Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com. Changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless. Eight, 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 three, five, two, four, one, four.